Hail Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around, and you'll never go a day without exclusive Husker coverage. On air, online, and on podcast. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube if you want to catch that video stream. As our guy TK has, I'm about to tell you about his terrible take here in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to tell you about a great take, and that is to take yourself and whoever you want to hang out with to the Omaha Supernovas match on January 24th. That's less than a week away, 7 p.m. at the CHI Health Center. The very first Pro Volleyball Federation match is here in Omaha. Your Supernovas against the Atlanta Vibe. Secure your season and single match tickets now at supernovas.com. You'll see world-class talent. You will have All-Americans. You're going to have Olympians and NCAA champions all on the court for that match. It's going to be a great night in Omaha. Get caught up and join the volleyball craze sweeping the nation by watching your Omaha Supernovas. Go to supernovas.com for tickets. Speaking of which, we're going to talk to Sydney Hilly of the Omaha Supernovas coming up at 9.30. We're going to talk to our guy Mitch Sherman here in a little bit, but, but I mentioned a terrible take on the stream. Horrible take. Just awful, awful take. Okay. Our guy TK, who we love. We love dearly. He's a, he's a loyal listener. Uh, he is uh, dead wrong here. He is. He mentioned that the cinnamon butter at Texas Roadhouse is wildly overrated, and I don't know if I can trust any other thing that comes out of his mouth now, because that might be the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Those rolls paired with that butter, uh, find me a better appetizer. There, it doesn't exist. It, it is the most outstanding thing in the entire world. I could eat. I could eat two baskets of that and still finish my plate Absolutely. of the, what, six-ounce sirloin, mashed potatoes, yeah, green wh- whatever, beans, whatever, whatever you want. I, you know, they low-key have... Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I, low-key, I usually get with my sides, I go with like a salad there because I like to... Their salad's actually low-key pretty good, and I like to lighten it up a little bit between the rolls and the steak. But come on, TK. Do yeah. we, we, we TK. need... TK. We look, need... Look. Right there. Look right there. Yeah. <laughs> TK, punchable face. <laughs> He says he's an XO lineman. I know what good food is. Listen, I'm a I'm, foodie. I know what good food is. I'm an ex power lifter who's chef who's got a wife that's a chef. I know what good food is. TK. And I will say, my professional chef of a wife signs off on the cinnamon butter. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do though, because like you know, anytime you go to Texas Roadhouse, you always feel bad about asking for more rolls. Oh, I never feel bad about well, that. I do. <laughs> um, I, I guess it's a, it, it's kind of something that's just in Ravi's back yeah. pocket. He no. just pulls it out when he wants it. Not only that, uh, I, whenever I go to Texas Roadhouse now, I know who to go with. I'm going with TK because I know he's not eating any. He's, yeah, he's not going to eat any of your. <laughs> We're good. He's not going to eat any. More of rolls your for me. Cinnamon butter. I don't feel bad asking for more. I'm like, hey. Let's keep the rolls coming here. Uh, also, I'm gonna ask for some to take home as well. We're gonna, we're gonna, because t- they'll give them to you. They'll give you rolls and butter to take home. It's incredible. I don't know what. I, listen, 
TK, we love you, but like you need to. You My need, mouth is watering right now. You need to, because I want some of that cinnamon butter. TK, you need to find Jesus on this one because you're missing the mark here. Oh man, dude, <laughs> he just hit. He's doing it again. Now he's trying to get under my skin because he knows I like Canes. See, I actually agree with him on Canes. I yeah, do think Canes is overrated. I do think Canes what, is overrated. What's better than Canes, like chicken wise? I mean, I don't. I think Chick Fil A is better than Canes. Service wise, I I I think I, their food. I, is I mean, better hands down, also. they're they're probably the best. All, all I also around. think the food is better at Popeyes. If I'm being honest, chicken fingers at Canes are better than chicken fingers at at Chick Fil A. Ooh, uh, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't the know. The chicken variety is is what gives Chick-fil-A such power. I I agree with with TK that that Popeyes is better. I think Popeyes has the best uh, chicken. I, see, I like Popeyes, but Popeyes screws up my order more yes. times than they get it right, and that's why Kane still holds the edge for me. So on just pure food, Popeyes is better. The problem with Popeyes is it's like a 40% chance you're going to get what you ask for. And it's going to take forever. And I haven't had Zaxby's, so I can't. I can't touch on that. I haven't had Zaxby's either. That's that's Zaxby's not... is a South thing, right? Yeah. We or is Zaxby's in KC? He listens from KC, so he'll be able to let us know. Uh, yeah. The I don't have a. He <laughs> said, "Corey says that's part of the experience of Popeyes. <laughs> it's like spinning a. It's like spinning the the jelly bean wheel. You don't actually know what you're gonna get. Well, the last <laughs> time I got Popeyes, I'm like, man, I'm gonna get it with these like these two sauces. Uh, I want it with the Dr Pepper. I. I pick up my order because I did it on DoorDash pickup, yeah. so that I avoided like the fees, but I could just get it right away. And you know, it's, it's partially my fault. Like I have too much faith that society gets it right. <laughs> uh, so I drive off and I take the first, I take the first swig. What soda do you think I get? Uh, not a Dr Pepper. That's gonna be a Diet Coke, dude. It's even worse. Root beer. Oh, like when you're expecting. A caffeinated drink, yeah. and you get root beer. I mean, just talk about a gut punch. The and then, <laughs> to top it all off, I got four chicken fingers. Like that's all I wanted. Yeah. And they give me three. The I'm like, guys. <laughs> the number of times that I've gotten help me out regular soda instead of Diet Coke at Popeyes is probably more than every other experience in my life combined. Um, and I don't go to Popeyes that often, but. You're right. The, the service, but if you're just talking just the food, Popeye's wins in the chicken market. The service is, is where they Haynes is superior. But you make sure to make sure to down the fries before uh, you you get started because those things will get really soggy in the styrofoam box. Also, a uh, veteran move here for those that are you know want a pro tip. Yeah. When you get your box of chicken, air it out a little bit. Because it, the chicken will then get soggy too. Maybe even pick up the chicken tenders off the paper. Is it in paper? Yeah, there's the yeah, there's, there's the canes paper. Yeah, the canes paper. Yeah. Lift it up a little bit. Let it air out. Let it breathe because they throw it in there, piping hot. And you know, you get a lot by of the time you get home, dude, that thing you can wiggle it around. Real soggy, yeah. Which is part of the problem with canes. I always get it drive through, so I don't always get the best version of canes. I I understand that. Uh, Corey says nothing is worse than getting sweet. I think tea. that's the equivalent. Equivalent when of you order when regular. you order like a Dr Pepper and you get a root beer, I think it also goes in the opposite, right? If you order sweet tea and you get a regular yep. and you're ex accepting, mm -hmm. expecting yep. something sweet and mm -hmm. you get like a bitter taste instead, um, that's really bad. Uh, mine is particularly a pet peeve because it's like, okay, if I get regular 
Coke, I can't drink it, right? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> well, yours is a life risk. Yeah, mine's like, well, I guess I just don't have anything to drink with this, uh, with this meal. But that's okay. You're um, like the person though that could get away with going back to the counter and saying, "You could have killed me." <laughs> like sometimes, like it, I again, I'm not proud of this moment, but like I used to not like cheese on anything. Okay, like that's I, a, I, that's I a bad take. I didn't want cheese on my burgers. I didn't want cheese on my sandwiches. Like I just wasn't a big cheese fan. Now mm-hmm. over time, that has changed. Um, like I'll eat if I go to you know whatever. I'll I'll get a cheeseburger or like provolone on a sandwich. But I used to go up to the counter and say, "I'm allergic to cheese," <laughs> and I said one bite of this. And an ambulance would need to get called. Like, I'd make a huge deal about it because I was so mad that I would always get cheese when I ordered it without cheese. Uh, and then they'd be like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Like, we'll comp your meal, like this, that, and the other. <laughs> and I'd walked away, like, feeling all high and mighty on my hill. And then later on, I'd feel like a piece of dumpster doo-doo because <laughs> I'm like, man, that guy didn't deserve what I just gave him. for. He didn't put the cheese on my sandwich. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a tough look. That's a tough look for my guy here. That's, uh, hey, it was a used to moment. Like you know, you learn over time. <laughs> oh, it's fair. I appreciate you uh, you being vulnerable and telling us, you know, letting us know that you've learned, you've grown. Uh, yeah, don't don't put it past <laughs> me. I'd do it again. <laughs> so it's not really a used to moment. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while because now I get cheese on my food because <laughs> cheese is good, man. Cheese is pretty good. So were you like not a pizza guy? You didn't like pizza? So I love pizza. Um, I would love like getting nachos. I didn't like slices of American cheese. Oh, okay. So it was very specific type of yeah. cheese. Yeah. And so uh, then that kind of bled into, well, if I got a sandwich, I'd just rather have it without the cheese. Mm. Um, it's kind of like when I'm like, hey, like, I don't want tomatoes. I don't want this. Like, I actually don't like tomatoes. Yeah, I don't like tomatoes on a sandwich. I don't think it's a good addition. And it gets soggy. Yeah. And so, like, that's why I'm like, hey, no tomato. And then when tomatoes are on there, I'm just like, man. So I'll pull off the tomato, but I'll still eat the sandwich. Yeah. And it's kind of what I would the do with tomato the tomato doesn't, like, melt But American the, cheese yeah. would literally melt to everything. Yeah. And so that's what would make me mad. You can't separate it. No. And another thing I can't stand, mustard. I can't oh, stand interesting. it. interesting. So whenever I'd go to, like, McDonald's, like, because mm-hmm. I'm always on the road. Mm-hmm. Living away from home, like, you know, if I'm stopping somewhere, it's quickly at McDonald's and I'm yeah. back on the road. I'm like, hey, all I want on my burger is, like, the cheese, the pickles, and the ketchup. That's it. Right? That's all I want. And if it came mixed, because you know what they do? They do, like, the little squeeze thing mm-hmm. that has all three sauces, whatever. Yep. And if there's mustard on there, like, I can't eat the bun because I don't like the taste of mustard. Interesting. I don't mind mustard, um, but I, I agree with you on the tomatoes. I, I don't think they add anything to a sandwich. It, it's, not, uh, it's not quality. I think it's just filler, and uh, I'm not a big fan. I will say, if you can go someplace, this is the thing that I like about uh, Chick-fil-A over some of the other places, is you can get, like, a slice of pepper jack cheese on your sandwich, which does, it, I mean, that enhances the flavor there. You get like a nice little pepper jack instead mm-hmm. of American. Oh, I love pepper jack cheese. Pepper jack and you know what? Good. Now that yeah. I've started cooking, I've loosened up. Yeah. Because like it, TK pointed out that I'm, I'm a picky eater. And like in some cases, I was a really picky eater. Mm-hmm. But now that I cook and I'm like forced to do things uh, to, to certain recipes that I wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out to taste really dang good. Yeah. Um, but but I, on the other side are not uh, healthy eaters, picky eaters. What are you a healthy eater? When 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 you just eat health food and you you don't you 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 uh, stay within the carbs and you don't do the sugars and you don't do the chocolate and you're a healthy eater. Eater? Are you not a picky eater? 
I mean, what's wrong with being a picky eater? If you don't like tomatoes, because I don't like tomatoes either. I don't like tomatoes either. I am a picky eater. And people go, oh, you're such a picky eater. But, I mean, you can be a picky eater and be a healthy eater, too. Can you not? I I mean, I think there's a difference there. There's some exclusivity to that. There's a difference between, like, hey, I'm eating, I'm picky because I don't don't like like the taste of it and it tastes like crap. I'm a picky eater because I am trying to be happy. I would say TK's a picky eater. He doesn't like him. Yeah, get him, Shane. There's, get him. I mean, how many places <laughs> does he not like to eat at? I mean, somebody's got to stand up to TK. <laughs> Good thing we have our guy high and mighty on his chair The over amazing there. Daniel says Shane is trying to say that since healthy eaters are picky, picky eaters are healthy. Uh, that's not true. I would consider myself. I would say that's true. No, it's not. You can be a picky eater and still eat like garbage. Like that's. (laughs) I only eat junk. Like for instance, I really don't eat like cooked vegetables. I don't eat cooked vegetables. And Mr. Irrelevant is Thomas Kuchera. (laughs) I was saying that we have our first round draft pick, Mitch Sherman, in. Oh, we got Mitch now. Terrific. Is he on the? uh, There he is. There he is. Uh, Mitch, would you consider – we got Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Would you consider yourself a picky eater? No, um, not really. I'm okay with uh, with whatever I get for the most part. I mean, there's certain things I don't like, but um, probably not picky. My 13-year-old, who I just spent a half hour with in the middle school drop-off <laughs> line, is um, is picky. Uh, sorry for my, my tardiness today, but people don't, don't know how to drive uh, when there's a little snow on the uh, on the roads. Or on the side of the roads, that is. I don't, I don't know what the science is or the math behind it because I'm not really going any slower right now than I, I mean, last week during a blizzard, yes, but um, I feel like I'm going the same speed, but it takes twice as long to get through the school the school line. Mitch, what is? We'll ask sports questions after this probably, but um, what is the one thing you said? There's a couple things you just really don't like. What's your number one draft pick of like? Hey, I'm just not eating that. Not eating that. Um, I mean, somewhere in. The- um, I mean, I'll eat plenty of vegetables, but I don't like uh, asparagus. Mm. Um, oh, what else? Broccoli. Uh, broccoli, I think. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if I have to. And if it's if it's cooked, um, you put some some uh, spices on it. It, it, it. It's palatable for me. <laughs> but um, a number of those those uh, those vegetables in that in that family there. Uh, uh, are, uh, are not my favorites. See, Mitch is so dialed in, it doesn't shock me that he is just easygoing. <laughs> that, that he would just, you know, take take what's given to him. That's take it? A, yeah, yeah. That, that's who you are. It could be. You could be right. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe, maybe my wife would say something different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a personality thing, and I like Mitch Sherman's personality, so that's all that matters. Another personality I like is Glenn Thomas, and I also like when you're right about things, and that was Mitch Sherman because he broke the news. But you've kind of been all over the reports from the very beginning. What is the quarterback room getting out of a coach like him? It's getting uh, the experience that he's got, which is two stints in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons and then this last year as an offensive assistant with the Steelers. Um, But I think more than that, Nebraska's getting and the Nebraska quarterbacks are getting a coach who is in harmony and understands how to work with Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield in the system. And, you know, we saw in the official announcement yesterday from Nebraska that his title will be co-offensive coordinator, you know, so that – um, that secures, you know, any kind of 
that, that, that erases any doubt about whether about the role that, that Glenn Thomas is going to have in, in 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 this offense. And and you know Marcus Satterfield still offensive coordinator. He's coaching tight ends. He's going to be a big part, of course, of the game plan and the play calling. But we don't know exactly how it's all going to break down um, with how the you know how the plays are are actually called. Um, I, I would assume, uh, and, and based on you know the indications that I was getting through this process, is that that's still on Satterfield's plate. Let's see what let's see what Thomas's salary is too. That that that'll be hmm. somewhat of an indicator. And I think part of the reason, if you're Nebraska, that you give him that co-OC title is is to be able to justify paying him more than your other assistants like your O-line coach or your um, wide receivers coach linebackers coach whatever so um, that would indicate additional responsibility you know if he's up in the million dollar range they've got two million dollar coordinators at this point with Tony White at 1.6 and Satterfield at 1.3 I would suspect that that Thomas is is also going to be in that seven figure range, um, you know, which is just crazy to think that until last year, Nebraska had, had never had a million dollar coordinator. We're talking with Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Mitch, the uh, obviously the the big story with Glenn Thomas is is him coming in in that quarterback spot. How much do you think, if at all, that affected the recruitment and ultimate flip of, of Dylan Rayola? Is that something you think they? maybe leaked to him early or that they knew about that far back or, or do you think the two are not really connected? Not specifically. Um, but I do, but, but indirectly, yes, because I think that part of the conversation between the Rayolas and, and, you know, they would have, they would have inside knowledge about what's going on with the Nebraska offensive staff even before that call was made back on December 10th, 10 days before signing day about what the Huskers were, were, were thinking about offensively because of the connection to Donovan Rayola. Um, now, sometimes a head coach will keep his assistants somewhat, you know, in the dark about exactly how changes are going to be made because you never know who the changes might affect. Um, but I think it was clear from, from the end of the season or even before that, that nothing was changing with Donovan Raiola. You know, he's with the offensive line. He was going to be with the offensive line all all, all through. They're not, you know, he's he's he doesn't have any any um, any specific impact on who's coaching the, the the quarterback. So if you're rule, you know, you could you could be a little more upfront with Donnie about how that's going to go. And in turn, if you tell him and he knows, then Dominic is going to know and Dylan is going to know. So I think that Nebraska. Um, you talked with with the Riolas about the fact that they were going to make changes at how the quarterback position was coached and who was coaching the quarterback position. But a month ago, um, and we're talking, it's been more than a month now since the whole Dylan flip began to take shape. Um, at that point, I don't think they knew that it was going to be Glenn Thomas. He's a possibility. His name was out there. He's got history with Matt Rule. Um, but no, I don't think that him specifically impacted the Dylan's decision to 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 come off of Georgia and come to Nebraska. Mitch, how much do you expect Satterfield to settle in after getting back in his comfort zone, moving away from coaching quarterbacks and coaching just the offense and tight ends like he was initially brought in here to do? Do you expect him to get more comfortable in his role? Yeah, I'm optimistic that it can be a good move for him. And, you know, on paper, it looked okay 
a year ago. If you go back to January of 2023 and Nebraska's just signed Jeff Sims, who's an experienced quarterback at the Power Five level, um, and you know, you've got Chubba Purdy, you've got Heinrich Harburg, and, and, and you know, at that point you still had Casey Thompson and Logan Smothers when Nebraska made the decision um, to go with uh, Sat as the, as the QB's coach. So you had depth and you had experience and you had multiple players. You had three who had started games at the Power Five level. So you're thinking, hey, this quarterback thing can work out pretty well. It's one of the more set positions on the offensive side. And as the season played out from the very beginning, that couldn't have been that couldn't have been further from from the reality of the situation. First, you have Thompson and Smothers go into the transfer portal after spring, and then Jeff Sims plays poorly um, at the beginning of the season, gets hurt in week two, and all of a sudden you're down to. And, and Purdy was hurt at that time too. All of a sudden you're down to Heinrich Harburg. So Marcus Satterfield, if you knew a year ago what they knew in September. I think Nebraska would have made more of an effort to get him help at that quarterback spot, but you couldn't change it. You were changing enough on the fly after week two uh, of last season about what you were doing offensively. You couldn't really shift responsibilities on the offense staff. I mean, he, he was in that position for the long haul in 2023. So um, needless to say, he had a lot on his plate. And it was probably too much to, to deal with that situation at quarterback, everything that was going on. It was a lot. Uh, and manage a first-year offense, call plays, strategize, game plan every week. Um, it, you know, he earned that, that, uh, that big salary that, you know, the biggest – at the time, that was the biggest for a coordinator in, in Nebraska history. So, um, you know, you, you go into this year and you, you say, how do you, you know, how do you prevent a situation like that from happening? And the first thing, you know, the most important thing is having players um, who can handle the moments. And they think they have that in Dylan Rayola. And then number two is to change up some responsibilities. So the coach, no matter what happens, the coach who is in charge of that quarterback position is at no time going to be saddled with everything that needs to be done to get the offense running right. Mitch, we've got about two minutes left here with you. I know yesterday you put out uh, kind of a breakdown of the roster for Nebraska and the top guys at each position. As you're going through all these names, just looking at the roster kind of in a holistic view the way you did there, were there any takeaways you got that you maybe weren't expecting in the sense of, oh, maybe this group is a little deeper than I realized. Maybe this group needs a little more help than I realized. Anything like that jump out at you while you were putting that together? Yeah, and you know, I, I went about it from trying to construct a list of 115 players because I, I feel like that number is more relevant in roster construction right now than the 85 who were on scholarship. Because Nebraska can do things with NIL, um, it's not like you have 115 who are getting a scholarship or the equivalent of a scholarship, but it's north of 85 for mm-hmm. sure. And you know, you can you, you can try to figure out who's on scholarship and who's not, and it becomes, you know, kind of a um, a difficult exercise. You see Nebraska this year released all of the recruits, including the walk-ons in this, in, in one list. That's the first time that, that they've done that. So that was kind of a signal to me like, Hey, these are blurry lines. So let's not focus on the 85. Let's focus on the 115 who can come to preseason camp. And and that's, that's what I, that's the list that I put out. And this is my guess. This mm-hmm. is, this is a projection. There are probably a few on there that if the coaches came up with it right now, they don't need to until August, but if they came up with it right now, um, you might have a couple that were that were off. It's like trying to project the 64 team field or 68 team field for the tournament in in um, you know in January. 
Um, but there's more depth. There's more experience. Um, if you look at it and you go through position by position, you see a number like a number of those those position groups like like offensive line, um, like defensive line, like the secondary that are really senior dominated. And that's something that Nebraska hasn't enjoyed, um, at least seniors who, who have a lot of experience. So it's still they're still a young team. There's still 48 um, freshmen on that list of 115 red shirt and true freshmen um, and just 19 seniors. But they're much further along than 14 months ago when Matt Rule took over as far as having depth and, and valuable experience at, uh, at quite a few spots. That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch, great stuff as always. We will catch up with you again soon. All right, good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. You can check out all of his work at theathletic.com. Coming up next, what do we have here? Maybe a little Hurt at Hot Seat? Yeah, we can do it on Hurt at Sports Radio. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around, and you'll never go a day without exclusive Husker coverage. On air, online, and on podcast. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered. Every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m., with Hail Varsity Radio.